This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie Dicker. Hello Maddie, how are we on this fine day? It's nice weather outside. I know, it's beautiful, we're good, how are you? Very good, got a little wine here, (laughs) having a bit of off rosé, it's not that (laughs) off but quite nice. (laughs) And as always, we are joined by producer Sash. Hey, how are we talking? <laughs> Whoa, but that was so musical. We were doing some like, I... weird singing before we hit record, and now Sash has just come on with it. I love it. You just judged me so hard for my <laughs> singing before being like, are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're singing. That was so un- unintentional. But there we go. It's setting the scene for the evening, isn't it? So, guys, all we, morning. All morning or, or whenever you're listening. In the middle of the day. Gosh, I set all these rules and then I can't obey them. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right, so let me just put us back on track. <laughs> we are fresh back from FinFest. We have just had, the three of us have had a bloody great weekend, I must say. Yeah, it was like 9am we got there thinking, when the gates were opening at 9am we were thinking we'll get there before the crowds. 9am, there were so Something. many people there, I couldn't believe it. So few, and I walked in and we were both a bit like, oh my God, like <laughs> what, like we were part of planning this and organizing this and yet we were like, this is awesome. Like it was really exceeded our expectations. Yeah, I think next year I'm going to rally around it so much because like honestly all the chats are amazing. There's free margaritas. Yeah. We just were like running around all day being hype girls for equity mates yeah. and you're in good company. <laughs> just loved it. What did, do you want to tell everyone what we did on the back of our phones? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So Jordan um, from the Happy Spender actually gave us a QR code. So we screenshotted the QR code and we put it on we saved it as our screensaver on our phones and like people would come up to the equity mates um area to get like a free bag we would stand there and make people scan our QR codes pretending that you had to do it to get a bag I know and they're like who is this <laughs> awesome. and everyone to YGC yeah seriously I think we got like 11 new followers from it <laughs> <laughs> no there was actually heaps the next day but all good things have to come to an end and our ending came to an abrupt halt <laughs> With, if you follow us on Instagram, you would have seen an absolute saga with Jetstar. Yes. Which I don't know if we should really even go into it. Just, oh, it's I a mean, bit tra- traumatic. It feels like some well-deserved karma after I've sat here for the last few weeks and talked about how much luck I have with travelling. But I have to say, I was exit row on the way up, very smooth sailing on the way to Sydney. Not so much on the way home. <laughs> I think the best thing is to po- paint the picture is I was supposed to fly a whole day after you. Yes. And I arrived at 
at the airport and you were both still there. <laughs> Sasha was in like the Virgin Lounge and she came out with muffins for yeah. us. <laughs> we were like, they were so really, if you almost cried of happiness. I think I actually, they were really good muffins. Like Virgin, if you're listening, really good muffins. Well done. If you did miss it on social media, I'll give you a very quick wrap. We turned up at the airport for our 11 a.m. flight. It got delayed six hours. It got delayed another six to eight hours after that. At about 11 p.m., we ended up being sent to a hotel. We had to go through customs because randomly our Sydney to Melbourne flight was leaving from the international terminal. We got into a hotel. We came back the next morning to get on our flight, (laughs) delayed again, and then we got on the flight, stuck on the tarmac due to technical issues, had more delays, and got home about 27 hours later. How's that for a wrap? Pretty speedy. Pretty good. The joys. So this week we are going to talk about two of our lessons that we took away from FinFest. We both felt like we learnt a lot. It was honestly, yeah, have to come next year if you didn't make it. It was just the best day. And so we kind of picked out things that we didn't really know before going into FinFest and going to tell everyone what we feel like we've learnt. Do you want to start with your lesson? Yes. So I was fortunate enough to MC one of the sessions, which was which was called the biggest investing opportunity since the internet, and that was done. Or the session was run by Kieran Moore from Munro Partners, and basically he was really talking about structural trends. And the biggest structural trend that is happening at the moment is the transition to net zero. And so when you say structural trends, what do you mean by that? Yes. So a structural trend is a dramatic shift in the way that an industry or a market functions, which is often brought on by sort of major economic developments. So I guess if we think about the transition to net zero, we know in the world at the moment that we are really feeling the impacts of climate change. So it's very front of mind for everyone because companies, businesses, governments are actually incurring a lot of costs associated with the impacts of climate change. So big structural changes happening off the back of that. And who's like the, I guess, who are the people that are implementing the structural change? Like, is it governments? Is it like companies? How does it, how, what did you take away from what he was saying? So Kieran talked about, he sort of made a case for climate and he talked about how With our current policies, the world is projected to result in around an increase of about 2.7 degrees warming by 2,100. Like 20. Well, say that again for me. I know. You know how it's like like 2099, the year Mm -hmm. after that, 2,100. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds like a long way away, right? But it's our our kids' lifetime. Yeah. Potential kids. You don't have any children running around to you that we don't (laughs) know about. Our next generation's (laughs) lifetime. Um, And he basically talked about how there are three massive tailwinds that are causing a lot of money to be flowing into the transition to net zero. And that is the fact that countries are setting targets. We're seeing corporate setting targets and also investors setting targets. So, for example, superannuation companies are no longer driving investment dollars towards companies that don't have emissions reductions plans or net zero targets in place. So are you saying that the three tailwinds are that countries, companies and investors, investors, so you and me, are the ones who are driving like an inflection point for environmental change? Exactly. So you mentioned inflection point there and something that I actually heard quite a few times from different speakers throughout the day was this idea of an S-curve. Yeah. Now I'm going to try and paint the picture for you. Imagine, let, me, let me paint it with my hands. Okay. S. Imagine <laughs> the letter S and then I want you to take like the top right-hand corner and the bottom left-hand corner and like 
pull it outwards. So basically, if you start at the bottom left, you've got kind of this like straight line going across and then you've got like quite a sharp up and then a straight line going across at the other side again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a big hill. It's like a big, yeah. it's like flat yep. and it's big hill and then it's when you get to the top, you're, nice. you're good again. So the whole idea about the S-curve is that you want to invest in companies or industries that are on the S-curve and that are right on that inflection point at the bottom that are about to go up the steep curve. So because that means they're going to grow really rapidly and there's a lot of money to be made in investing. So this is why he's making the comparison with the internet, like the biggest opportunity since the internet. Exactly. Because the internet had an S-curve. You're both nodding at me. So I'm <laughs> going to take that as a yes. <laughs> So I was in that talk as well and what I kind of took from that was that right now we're kind of at the bottom of the S-curve, like we're at the hill that we're about to climb and that those three tailwinds are all putting in money to help like fuel that growth. Is that kind of how the S-curve works? That's exactly right. And I think the key thing that he talked about with the S-curve and structural change is that these things happen independent of what is happening on in the world around it. So forget Russia's invasion of Ukraine or the RBA rising interest rates or natural disasters, any major economic events, this is going to happen regardless of all of those things. Because it's like an overarching theme that people are putting money towards anyway. Exactly. He made a good example, and sorry to steal your lesson, but adding to it. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Around mobile phones. And Mm. he said that there was an adoption of this kind of smartphone within the internet era kind of thing. And a really small subset of that was smartphones. Mm. And besides like the internet crash and then the global financial crisis and all of these economic or negative economic things that were happening on around the world, people were still adopting smartphones as something as they saw as necessary for connecting connection and communication and it's like regardless of what was happening people pumped money into that industry yeah so because this is the first time I didn't hear this I didn't sit in this session but like I guess the example there going back to the to the GFC and the smartphone is that people still got smartphones even though the GFC was happening so yeah they were all on their like little blackberries (laughs) being like oh my god (laughs) yeah like I definitely got my first phone like around that time gosh I'm making myself feel old 2008 so we were in year seven how do you remember that so quickly that was really good oh year seven yeah oh because it's always one year less than the year oh okay yeah so like 2008 we're in year seven 2006 we're in year five yeah maybe I'm just confused because I stayed down a year so I get a bit confused (laughs) (laughs) anyway but like he's just basically saying you're looking for these massive trends that are just gonna happen and they're inevitable it's like inertia it's just gonna go ahead so it got me thinking like what other structural trends are there I really like the net zero space it's something that I think we've talked about a lot and I am really interested in but there's got to be others there's not just one structural trend in the happening in the world at any one time well one thing I have been thinking about recently and I don't know if this what subset of this sector but definitely healthcare because I think something like the pandemic has shown that infrastructure and healthcare is really poor around the world like Mm -hmm. we're a developed country Australia but we even saw how poorly our hospital systems acted during that time and so I've been thinking a lot about healthcare because I'm like where are governments spending money where do investors want to see their money going to help that industry and and also companies as well because at the end of the day if something like a pandemic happens again it affects the workforce and therefore it affects companies and their profits. I love it another one that I think is very front of mind at the moment is cyber security <laughs> and actually I was talking to someone the other day who works in cyber security and they just were talking about like the new inventions and yeah. it is one of those industries where it's like 
you get up to speed, but the hackers or like the people doing the wrong thing, they're always transitioning too. They're always looking for new things to be doing. So it's a pretty scary space. I listened to someone else at FinFest talk about this space as well, actually talking about cybersecurity. And they were saying how because hackers and because cybersecurity is so unknown to so many people, like if you and I are working in a company, it's not our realm of expertise. So it's always something that leaders are going to be willing to throw a lot of money into and direct a lot of money towards protecting themselves and their company and their customers because it's not within their realm of expertise. So you kind of just throw money at the problem, which I mean is worthwhile and fair enough, but it means that I think there is potentially a lot of growth and future investment to go there as well. Yeah, that's actually like a really good point that I hadn't considered. But one thing I would say about cybersecurity personally for me is like it's something I don't understand very well. Yeah. I feel like I would have to research it a bit to understand where to put like something like an True. ETF, for example, might yeah, be good. Yeah, that's a good for idea. For me in that space. But like with companies, I would really struggle because I don't I don't understand what the heck like coding is. That's a very good point. We always talk about investing in what you know, and that's kind of for the same reasons that we just said that people will invest <laughs> in money <laughs> in cybersecurity. It's not really something that we, is necessarily within our realm of expertise. But I think, yeah, potentially onto something there with a cybersecurity ETF. I'm sure there will be one. Oh yeah, we, we we we. Which one? Hack. Yeah. And hack. Our ATF <laughs> Maddie. Okay. I'm going to go look into that. A couple of other ones that I was thinking about, artificial intelligence, like again, not my realm of expertise, but just seems to be getting like bigger and bigger at the moment or plant-based foods. Could I argue that plant-based foods is part of the net zero? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it is such a big trend, like especially the way that we're eating. Yeah. I would also be super interested. I am super interested to see how that plays out in the next our lifetime, yeah. next 50 years, because companies in that space haven't performed well. Well, I think that's the thing, right? It's interesting. I feel like it had a real like moment and now it's kind of – flopped a bit so maybe I mean maybe now's the time to get in who knows but I would be (laughs) not financial advice (laughs) I would be super interested to know what everyone else thinks is an s-curve coming yes so we're popping it on our instagram hit us up with the structural train structural Structural train so hard to say hit us up with the structural oh I'm just gonna give up hit us up with your s-curve you think's coming and we will share with the audience looking forward to it We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we will be right back to hear about what lesson Soap has for us from Foodfest. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Maddie, as you sip your wine there, 
How was that sip? What do, do you want to just give a bit of a description of what we're drinking, what it tastes like? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's cold. Paint us a picture. <laughs> we put some extra icing. It's a bit old. Um, this is actually an $11 Aldi bottle that ranks in the top 9% wines in the world. It's called Lemule from Aldi. Lemule Rosé. Nice. Vintage 2020. Vin de Provence. <laughs> Money hack though. Aldi wine. Yeah. There's I know. a $7 bottle. I'll get the name and I'll have to put it somewhere or I'll bring it to the next episode. Okay. But it's a red wine and me and my housemate Henry once stumbled upon it and it's really good. I'm not a wine connoisseur or anything, but you can tell you can tell when something's bad, you know, like when you yeah. can't drink it. Like this is drinkable. Hot money tips. I like it. Okay, so we're talking about money and wine. Okay, so one of the lessons that I took away from Finvest, which is a bit niche, is that we have always <laughs> joked that you can have wine as a part of your portfolio and then like had a bit of a laugh that, you know, we buy Audi wine, so we probably wouldn't have it <laughs> in our portfolio. not an investment. But could do. I mean, one day. Anyway, it there was a presentation about how you can actually have wine as a part of your portfolio. Well, there was actually a whole dome. So at FinFest, there were like all these different domes that had different stages inside. And one of the domes was Oeno, which is a virtual seller, manager and personal sommelier. Yeah. So I think I found this lesson really interesting and stick with me here because it's applicable to investments as well, like kind of some of them, but not really. (laughs) But I just found it so interesting because I'm just a novice. I don't drink good wine. And I was like, oh my God, people actually invest in this. And then it had really amazing statistics tied to it as well. Okay. So who gave this talk? The CEO of Awena gave this chat and it was all about uh, a guide to collecting and investing in wine. Solid, right so, up our alley. So, of course, I saw that and I was like, put that on the agenda. Nice. <laughs> but it spoke about like wines and whiskies, so a bit of both. And it started with like a bit of a graph about Dom Perignon, which is like the champagne. And i oldest champagne in the world, original champagne in the world. What's the what's the go there? No, Can it's just one no of one the knows? it's one of the like gold standard from the champagne region. Yeah, there's a fun fact I remember about Dom Perignon and I can't remember it. (laughs) So I don't remember it. (laughs) Useful. Look, I'll Google while you talk amongst yourselves. Thank you, Sash. (laughs) So what I found really interesting is he spoke about like in 2008 when a vintage um, bottle came out, you could buy a case of it for around £1,000, something like that, and a case of 12 bottles. So it's expensive. And then he was talking about the cycle of wine. So then, you know, restaurateurs start buying it up. And in 2019, you could buy this case for about £1,300. So it went up about £300 in dollars in pounds. Yeah. (laughs) But what's interesting is he said that after that cycle, when restaurants start using it because it gets to that good date of using it uh, and people are consuming it and restaurants are consuming it, you then have a case in 2022 that sells for nearly £3,000. So over a 14-year period, it's appreciated in value 137%. Solid investment. Anyone would be happy with that. Yeah. And I mean, I think I looked at it being like, oh, I wouldn't like, I would be a bit funny about buying a really expensive case of wine and hoping it would go up in value because I don't, I don't think I'd appreciate drinking it myself. My issue in my mind with that is that I want to invest to grow my money. Maybe I just don't have enough money because I would just want to drink the champagne. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not going to sell it and then realize that profit. (laughs) I think the purpose of what they do is that you do actually invest in the wines and then you do sell, like, obviously we want to drink the wine, but the point of them is to hold them. Yeah, but it's also that they then store it for you because like so much can go wrong if you're home cellaring. And like if there's a heat wave, going back to like climate change, heat wave where it's too cold and the 
then it goes off in your cellar and then you try to sell it and people are like, oh, this doesn't taste too good. Yeah. Because you haven't stored it properly. <laughs> yeah. So there's a whole there's a whole background of what they what the company does. But I thought it was really interesting when I'm saying like I thought it would be a bit risky because actually it's apparently, well, what they're saying is that it's quite a safe asset mm-hmm. and like it has very low correlation to like property and equity when there's like price volatility. So like over COVID, for example, there's this graph and it's like when, <laughs> obviously, when COVID <laughs> And the stock market was going down we were all buying premium wine yeah, <laughs> i love it and he also said that there's you know in the wine industry the people that make the wine are actually the price markers so like when there is inflation and stuff they can actually increase the prices as well so it kind of levels that out there was actually an afr article the other day about saying that even though we all have less money in our pockets we're wanting to spend more on wine it is always the thing, um, wine and lipstick are the yeah. two things. Oh, I mean, alcohol and lipstick are the two things that usually go up in times of economic hardship. Lipstick is random. Do you know why? I think it's the, well, it's the lipstick index where it's like small treats. So you yeah. might not buy yourself like a full outfit, but you can buy yourself a nice lipstick. So sales in lipsticks increase yeah. when inflation is higher. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. then another case for why you invest in wine was what you said before, Sash, was climate change. So obviously we have a lot more being affected by more things like droughts and fires or other natural disasters. And obviously these particular wines come from a certain region. So you might have like some in France and you have the Champagne region. And if they're more and more affected by, you know, Europe, for example, has just had one of their hottest summers. If they're affected by that, then they're going to be growing less. Meaning if you're holding that wine or champagne or whiskey, it's going to go up in value because there's less supply. So interesting. I actually was watching a TikTok the other day, but I promise (laughs) you it's relevant. This is usually me that says (laughs) this to you, not the other way around. So it was actually the Equity Mates guys, Bryce and Alec, interviewing the CEO of this company. And they asked him, is there a wine? Like what is the one wine that you have always wanted to get your hands on or whiskey um, that you've never been able to? And he gave two. He said, there's one that I recently acquired and one that I've never been able to get. The one that he recently acquired was the world's first space-aged wine. So it was aged in space for 430 days. Wait, he got that? He, they bought it. Two, one, boost ignition and lift off of the space How much was that? One million dollars. <laughs> What would How? it taste? Wow. It would just taste terrible, though, wouldn't it? Like I can't There's imagine no it being good. But also, has anyone tasted that wine? <laughs> so and said probably that it's not. Good? But I think it's the, it must not be the novelty of the fact mm. that it was aged in space. Oh, you know who will buy it? Elon. <laughs> Elon will buy it. Good investment. Well done. <laughs> and then the one that he hasn't been able to get that he has been trying for years and years is a bottle of champagne from the Titanic. Apparently they come up every now and then, um, but they're all sort of held by collectors, so they come on the market very rarely, and he's never been able to acquire one. I wonder, would that be dead? Like, as in, would that be? Oh, yeah. Would you not be able to drink that? No. No. Bubbles. It's been in the ocean, so it's just to have it. It was under the ocean for, like, 50 years. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. It wouldn't be good. I'd probably want to pop it still. Like, this is our issue, would Maddie. Dead? I know, this we would is, just want to drink it. This is our issue. We'd probably just pop it and then just we'd lose try. all our money. Yeah. You'd be so disappointed. Or can you imagine, <laughs> like, or if you had a house party and you know how, oh, like, no. all your good wine goes missing when you have a house party and it gets yeah. a bit rowdy. No, I don't have someone... good wine at my house. Oh. <laughs> or, like, imagine if in future years your kids, like, broke, like, you know, when they're stealing yes. alcohol and they like, snuck it by oh, accident. Look, my parents look after all my good wine because my mom knows how to look after it. 
it. Mm. And so I just like keep it away because I would definitely have like a couple of glasses and be like, oh, it's a special occasion. It's yeah. not. I don't <laughs> have one. I would love it. I have a six pack from my year of birth. A six pack? Oh, a six case. Oh, from my a year case. of birth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like beers. No, like. no, no. I have a six, I have Stone six bottles. Stone like, a little six pack. <laughs> six bottles from the year I was born, which my grandparents oh, gave that's me. That's really I really like That's what they gave that. all the, the grandkids. But I've when never you, cracked one. Yeah, I was going to say, when are you going to drink it? I don't know, because it's, as Sasha said, at my parents' house, can't be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon maybe your 30th. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I reckon that's the first age that you start to really appreciate good wine. Yeah. Anyway, back onto it. <laughs> Quick last thing about my lesson that I learned was wine has actually done like and whiskey have done surprisingly well against like the market. So Good diversification. Yeah. So the graph that he showed was from 2003, which is obviously a long time ago. But <laughs> over that, a long <laughs> time. Almost ago. twenty years ago. <laughs> yes. It's a long time, but that's good with like graph, you know, we can live that amount of time. Hopefully we do. Um, whiskey has gone up 1,089% compared oh, so to, to today. To today. Sorry, I thought you meant the most recent date was no, 2003. No, no, no. <laughs> For, so from 2003 to 2022, oh, yeah. gone up 1,000% pretty much. Oh. The Australian index has gone up 150%. So it's wow. 10 bagged. The best whiskey has 10 bagged the Australian index. I wonder if we've missed the boat or if this is just what happens. I don't think you've missed the – well, I think it would be risky to do it on your own. Yeah. But yeah. I think um, – You've got to have someone who knows the industry. Yeah. I think we – I'm so excited. I'm going to start <laughs> investing in wine. I told Maddie I was doing this lesson. She's like, right. Yep, that's good. <laughs> so now she's like, you know, this is great. Well, actually, my like, so my brother and I are going to go do a wine course together. That's how, like, I got him his present for his 30th. So I'll come back and, like, maybe we can start the You're in Good Company Fund. Nice. Except I'll have just been starting. So we'll start with a bottle of the Aldi. <laughs> yeah, it'll go we'll work up from there. But, Mads, if you are interested in investing in wine, a couple of his tips are look for areas that are known for high quality. A lot of them are in the in France in that region in like um burgundy burgundy is that yeah. is it and champagne if you want champagne uh investigate to see if they have production capacity so like if they limit it it's usually a better sign because they're making less of it yeah and also last one are they making any plans to expand or make better their vineyard property because a lot of those properties take a lot of investment and if they don't have the money to, to upkeep them to keep good workers blah 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 Make sure they've got funds flow. Not sure if they like publicly disclose that. Yeah, I was going to say. Maybe we should <laughs> do Google. a wine tour and just go up to all the people and be like, how much cash have you got in the bank? Planning on investing? <laughs> so that's a wrap. Any questions about my wine lesson that I've given you? No, but I love it and it's got me very excited. I've got to say, go listen to the, the guys did an episode with the CEO that came out last Friday. So if you're like super curious, go listen to that as well equity mates oh, equity yeah. mates we'll yes link it in at the show notes talking about linking things in the show mo- show notes <laughs> the show notes show notes what are your what's your recommendation for this week <laughs> sorry <laughs> i am going to sneak two in the first one is the new podcast by the daily oz called the mirror it is a four-part miniseries commemorating 10 years on from Julia Gillard's famous misogyny speech. And by the time this has been released, there will be three of four episodes live. Honestly, if you haven't listened, it is such a remarkable show so far. Like the first episode, in fact, both the episodes that I've listened to so far, like made me deeply emotional. I think yeah. I knew Julia Gillard's story, but hearing it 
sort of condensed into a 20 minute um, episode like that, just one after the other. It's, it's remarkable to actually just see, I think, how much she did as the first female Prime Minister for yeah. women in Australia. And we also got the inside scoop from the Daily Oz that the third one is really good. Yeah, they said so. that that was their favourite, so stay tuned. <laughs> My second recommendation is a book called Catch of the Decade. Yeah. I actually listened to this one on Audible and I sent it to you, Soph. It's the story of how two brothers, the founders of catch.com.au, Gabby and Hezzy Leibovich, disrupted four sectors and basically just built an empire of digital businesses. Um, so they built Catch, they did Scoop On, Menulog and Luxury Escapes and they sold them for over a billion dollars. Sorry, which, did you say they're Australian? Yeah. I didn't know Menulog was Australian. Yeah, so it um, merged with or got acquired by an overseas company that was competing with them and became Menulog. Oh, it's got such a good – I just love the Menulog. Snoop – Yeah, the yeah. Snoop Dogg <laughs> theme song. Love it. But basically the book gives tips and tricks on how to succeed in different industries. So it really is a great book for like if you're an entrepreneur or working in a small business, a startup, or pretty much any business. I really loved it and would highly recommend. Luxury Escapes is like my favourite website because I don't even – I just look through it. I'm like, mm. oh, that's like all inclusive. That's nice. And I just picture myself on like the beach in Thailand. Apparently they're really good. Yeah, yeah they're really good. Yeah. My mum's done heaps of them. We were talking to someone at the airport on Sunday night. Who had done one from Phuket. Yeah, <laughs> who had just been at a luxury escapes and we heard all about it. <laughs> so if, what have you got for me? I actually have two recommendations as well. Um, usually we're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> recommendations. First one is um, Netflix series called Human Playground. Don't know it. And it's about people trying to like reach their limit for pain and like, oh. but it's, but it's, it's. I know it sounds really bad, but it's no, kind it of like a lot of it's for like therapy reasons or like some of the professional athletes. Like I was gonna say, we've just had Ned Brockman this week. Yeah, exactly. Feet. So. Um, one of the ones was about this woman or about something that I didn't know about, but there's a, do you know, there's like an ultra marathon in the Sahara desert. Yes. That it's it's about a woman who does that with an wow. amputated leg. Wow. Like incredible. Really cool. Really, really cool series. Nice. I've actually only watched the first couple of episodes, so I don't know what the end's like, Same. but yeah. So why? I think. Will I find for, out when I, I watch you'll, it? You'll find out, but it's for everyone's own personal reason. You know, okay. everyone they follow has their personal reason of why they want to do these things. So yep. watch. Second one is just podcasts. Um, if you want something to listen to, um, the journal did an episode called Ukraine makes a deal on Wall Street. And it's all about um, one of the government ministers trying to help fund rebuilding the country. And it's just like a really fascinating story of like how he navigates ways to get money into the country and just like, yeah, just a different side of, I guess, the media we've been consuming with Ukraine and Russia and really cool. I listened to that. Highly recommend it. It's a really good episode. <laughs> I'm just a, in the background like ooh ah ooh ah <laughs> I've got a recommendation can I give one <laughs> all right <laughs> I'm going rogue um I went to podcast day 24 a couple of weeks ago and I heard Mark Fennell speak about um turning his podcast stuff the British stole into a tv series mm-hmm. and then I went and binged stuff the British stole it's so good. Is it so really, podcast really good. or it's a, a podcast and it's about to be a TV series. It'll probably launch in the next week from when this is released. Okay, cool. Um, he hasn't done the same stories, so you can watch the TV series and then you can oh, listen to the podcast that. and they don't um overlap. But uh, 
so fascinating. And like as an audio nerd, just his soundscapes and stuff are so great. But also like super interesting. It's like a little history lesson every time. Love I listen. that. Cool. Yeah. Love, Love it. That. Well done, guys. Great rap. <laughs> So obviously, if you want to find us on social media, find us at YIGC Podcast. We are loving interacting with you guys. I feel like we've had so many DMs since FinFest and it's just like so fun talking with anyone that wants to talk to us. Yeah, we've had a nice <laughs> influx of new people into the community as well off the back of our Flex app. So we probably should have said this at the start, but we'll say it at the end. A big welcome to your In Good Company and very happy to have you along for the ride. If you want to find us on Facebook, Maddie, where is that community? What's it called? YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. Join over 1,500 people on Facebook. And if you liked this episode or any of our episodes please share it with a friend family member your dog whoever will listen (laughs) we would love it to be passed around thank you very much guys and we'll catch you next week bye You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.